Welcome to the show. We're currently on our summer break, so please enjoy the following selected rerun episode. Media and Monuments will be back with fresh new content in late August. If you want to make movies, then make a movie. We always get caught up in why we can't make it. Well, I don't have a writer. I don't have a script. I don't have this. I don't have that. You know, and the 48 just, it forces you to get it done. And you, in in just a week, no excuses, in just a weekend, you can get it done. And you can say, I made a movie. Welcome to Media and Monuments, presented by Women in Film and Video in Washington, D.C. Media and Monuments is Conversations, featuring industry pros speaking on a wide range of topics of interest to media makers. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Candace Block, and for this episode, we're going to learn all about the 48-Hour Film Project, a unique and fun international film competition that takes place in over 100 cities around the world. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Lisa Giles, the producer of the 48-Hour Film Project in Richmond, Virginia. Lisa has been a juror for numerous film festivals, has been an acting coach and talent manager, and has also produced commercials for the Richmond market. She's an active member of the Virginia Production Alliance, serves on its executive board of trustees, is the founder and former producer of the Virginia High School League Film Festival, and is currently producing a monthly short film series featuring independent filmmakers. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you, Candace. So glad to be here. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you here. I personally have participated in the 48 Hour Film Festival and I know what it is. But for listeners who don't know anything about it, what's like a really quick synopsis of the 48 Hour Film Project? 48 Hour Film Project is a competition that challenges its participants to write, shoot and edit a short film in 48 hours or less. And they are given a character, prop, a line of dialogue and a genre right before the competition starts. So they don't know what they're going to make until right before the competition starts. So they have 48 hours to do it. And after they turn it in, if they turn it in, uh, if they turn something in, it gets screened, even if it's late, but only the ones that are on time are eligible for awards and to go to Filmapalooza, which is the grand finale competition of all of the projects that happen around the world. And that happens every month. Um, so also for people who want to see a lot about it, your website has a lot of this information and some great videos. There is actually also a short video about what the 48 hour film project is. And fun fact, I'm in that video. Sweet. I'm the woman with the orb, uh, the glowing thing there. I, I had a Halloween costume. I made myself into Cora from Tron Legacy. And so we decided to continue using it for different things and some friends and I had did that little segment. Awesome. Yeah, it's nice to see that it's still up there. So, you know, if anyone <laughs> wants to be curious and see that as well. Um, but yeah, so you had mentioned a bunch of the different uh, things that we're going to dive into a little bit more later about some of the specifics of it. But do you know, um, like, what the inspiration was for this and like where the very first one was when it was some of the history? The project was founded by Mark Rupert and it launched in Washington, D.C. in 2001. And the inspiration, as I understand and remember it, was there were theater competitions that were similar. And the playwrights had the challenge to write and produce and put on a play 
in 48 hours. So Mark said, hmm, I wonder if this would work for film. And this, you know, in 2001, this was before, you know, so much of the great technology that we had today. So it was much harder to do it in 2001 than it is now. Awesome. Well, it really is like a great boot camp. It's kind of like it forces you to get it done. I, I like when creative projects have parameters to just like make you actually do it. It's like a really great space to learn and practice all the elements of it. And you are one of the city producers. So what does what does that mean? What does the city producer do? So for all of the cities that do this, you need somebody to coordinate everything. And that's what the city producer does. The city producers, uh, we do the, the marketing, the recruiting of the filmmakers. We create networking events and some of us do auditions. Some of us, you know, each city is a little bit different. Um, but the city producer is the one that puts it all together. They have the kickoff events. They deliver the, what we call the character prop and the line and the genre. We, we coordinate all of that. Uh, we coordinate the screenings at, um, at a movie theater and so forth. So we are the managers of the whole project. And Richmond, where you are, is going to be July 14th this year. And Washington, D.C., where I am, is going to be May 5th that weekend. So um, for people, it, most of our listeners are in those areas. Is there a particular reason why it's spread out as opposed to all places trying to do it on the same weekend? Well, it has probably more to do with what the producer's able to pull off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what, you know, what venues they have access to and when. And I know most of the American cities, we try to do it after school is out because, you know, we have parents that participate. It's much easier to do it outside of the school year. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why we do it in July. We don't have to contend with school schedules and that kind of thing. But plus, it's just tradition. We've always done it since we since we launched in Richmond, we've always done it in July. So uh, Richmond participants expect it to be in July. But yeah, it's really more about uh, what works best for the city producer. In the international cities, most of them do it in the fall. I'm not sure why that is. I'm not sure if they if it's a requirement, um, but most of them do it after ours are finished. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of nice that it's spread around. I mean, in theory, someone could go to another city if they wanted to. Oh, they do. Yeah. <laughs> they they do. We have we have filmmakers that bounce from city to city and and do it. We I mean I I always get DC filmmakers all the time. That's <laughs> that's nothing. I get uh, filmmakers. There's a Hampton Roads uh, 48. Mm -hmm. That area, Virginia Beach and Williamsburg and Hampton and Norfolk, all those they they come and do Richmond. There's one in Lynchburg. And they come to Richmond to do one. We had one from Tennessee come to Richmond last year. Well, I guess it's good to know that if for your personal schedule, you can't make one, you can try to find another one that you can. And with enough cities, exactly. they're not there's going to be one not that far away. <laughs> yeah. And it's even a little bit easier now coming out of COVID. We, you know, had to like everybody else had to change some things around to try to accommodate people a little bit better. And it used to be that you had to physically turn in your film on Sunday. Uh, you had to be at the venue physically and hand your hard drive to the city producer. But now we have it so that it's a digital upload. 
So you can be anywhere <laughs> and you can participate and you can submit it digitally. Now. So that does give you just a little bit extra time. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> when, I, yes. when I participated, it was still the physical delivery time. And now you can literally, as the clock is counting down, just wait for that upload time. That's that's great. Um, so it is in a lot of cities. But if it if you want to bring it to your city and it's not there, how would someone kind of um, br bring the project to their city? That is an excellent question. If a city does not have it and there is somebody who wants to serve as city producer, obviously that's that's what you need first. You need a city producer who can coordinate everything. And if you have that person willing to do it, you can contact the headquarters. And there's also uh, resources on the website as well, which, you know, we're going to share it's well it's 48hourfilm.com but it'll also be in the in the show notes and everything and that's with the numerals so it's four eight not f-o-r or anything so have have you personally done the project a bunch or once or twice or Candice, I'm ashamed to admit that I have not, but I wanted to. I, I remember when the very first one came to Richmond and I had heard about it. My problem was that I wasn't connected with people. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know, you know, where am I going to get actors? Where am I going to mm -hmm. get a writer? Where am I? You know, and I, I thought about, OK, well, how much of that can I do? Which ends up being what a lot of teams do. You know, many people or wear many hats. When, you know, you could be the writer, you could be the actor, you could, you know, maybe be the editor, but I didn't have all of those skills and I didn't feel comfortable enough, you know, pulling people together. I did, I couldn't pull people together. I didn't know anybody who could do it, but I couldn't do but so much. And, yeah. and my brother was going to help me. He was going to be the cinematographer and editor and I couldn't ever get him to commit. Mm. So. So between him, him being noncommittal and me just, it's you know, feeling like, how are we going to do okay, it? Yeah. I know. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I never did it, but um, I knew the woman who was producing at the time, Ellie St. John, and when she was ready to give it up, you know, she, she knew all that I had done in film and she recommended that I take her place. As you mentioned, it's like a team thing, but it can be all sizes of teams. So, you know, you could have one, have you ever had one person do really well as themselves? I have had teams of one. They have not done very <laughs> well, but there have been teams of one for sure. Gotcha. Um, and I think probably our average team is about 13 people. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, but I think the largest is like 116 or something like that. Goodness. Um, at, I think, it, yeah, they were in Mexico City that, that had a team that big. Okay. So, yeah, if you've got about a dozen or so friends or, you know, whatever you have at your disposal, it's fun. I mean, I, I recommend doing it. There's different rules and guidelines, so we can talk about, like, the actual process a little bit more now. Um, so there's specific things like because you're – producing something in 48 hours, there's the parameter of time. It's you're making shorts. They have to be between four and seven minutes long. There's also some specific tech specs and things like that. It's all on the website, but you still get like a massive range of projects that come in. Are you still like surprised at the range that you get within even people that got the same genre or prop or line? It's, you know, you're only as limited as your creativity, you know, and it is amazing, even though every team gets the same character prop and line, you know, not everybody gets the same genre, but even though every team gets the same character prop and line, it's so amazing to see what comes back and how they implement that character and how they implement that line. Yeah, it sounds like a real celebration of creativity and how it can be so different based on any little flavor you put into it. If you if you had a team of 
some set of 12 people, it would be wildly different than if there were like three of those people were different or if the line was different or anything. And I just think it's such a great concept to get people to to practice with all of that. But that said, everyone has to follow those specific guidelines and rules. Do you see what are the most common broken rules? Well, believe it or not, there aren't a whole lot of rules that get broken because a broken rule is basically a disqualification. <laughs> right. Nobody wants to get disqualified. But if the 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 one thing that if, if that goes wrong is being late and nobody likes to be late because everybody wants to win, you know, and you can't win if you're late. You can still turn it in and it can still get screened, but it can't be eligible for awards. But it does happen. The international average is 20% of registered teams are late. Mm. And in Richmond, our average is more like more like 10%. Okay. So we do really, really well with getting our films in on time. Um, and just thinking back to the summer, when our last project, the films that were late, uh, we've, we've even had some that were discretionary late because they turned them in on time, but they didn't like what they had turned in. So they wanted to take another couple hours to tweak it, to just fix that last little thing. And they were okay with it being late. They were okay with it not being eligible for awards because they wanted their best work to be seen by the public. You know, if it was going to be seen, they wanted the best. I never never thought about that. The like final change and tweak. That's interesting that some teams have done that. And it's not like a one-time thing. (laughs) Yeah. We had one that they had uploaded it on time, but they didn't have sound. (gasps) (laughs) So so of course they weren't going to submit a film without sound. So, you know, they said, okay, well, it's got to be late. We want want our film to be screened with sound. That's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can't blame them on that one. Um, So, yeah, they get screened in a movie theater, which is really exciting. I mean, people are kind of doing this for fun and uh, or for whatever reason they're doing it, you know, practice fun, all these different reasons. But it's kind of a cool and exciting thing to see your finished piece on a big screen. That's really cool with the final um, sort of movie theater experience. I would imagine that was a little bit changed during the pandemic. But are are you were you able to still do some of that or did you take like a virtual year or two? For 2020, we did not have one in Richmond at all. Some some cities around the world did. Um, Some went virtual. um, Some just had very limited in-person screenings. And here in Richmond, I just felt like, you know, it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I just didn't feel like it would be doing the, the event any justice. Plus, it was almost impossible to get a theater. Um, so we did not have one in 2020 at all. 2021, we did. It was very small. Um, it, and it was still still a challenge in 2021 to get a theater. Uh, but we did have one. Um, and then 2022, last year, it was it was bananas. I mean, they were they were the filmmakers were so ready to come yeah. back and do it again. And uh, and they did. And it was amazing. And we had great crowds. And that's awesome. Um, so it sounds like you're back yeah. at full speed. And it also goes to show what a great project it is that people keep coming back and are excited for it and want it <laughs> year after year. Um, the, the longevity of the 48 hour film project, like is just like a testament to what a great concept it is as well. You mentioned some of the awards earlier. So everything's screened and then there are awards and they're broken down into different things. Can you tell us some of those awards? 
Sure. Of course, the 48 specific awards Mm -hmm. are best use of character, best use of prop, best use of line of dialogue and best use of genre, because those are the four things that they don't know what they're going to be until right before. So obviously we want to celebrate the filmmakers that do well with that particular part of the challenge. And then the other awards are what you would expect. Best actor, best cinematographer, best writing, best editing and so forth. And there's also an audience favorite, right? Or like an audience pick because people vote. Yes. And and that's that's huge. There are a lot of teams that feel that that is the best award. You know, if if they if they can get an audience of however many hundred that's there to see if they can get all of them in agreement and they can win that, they think that's better than the than the jury award, Mm -hmm. really, a lot of the times. (laughs) And and I I probably agree. Um, I think I think the year that I did, I think we won audience award. (laughs) Very proud of that. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a fun. It was because it was funny. You know, if you do a goofy, funny one, it's usually usually good. Those are the ones that are that have the better chance yeah. of winning the yeah, audience award. Yeah, because people like I mean, it's a fun experience. Everyone likes to laugh and be entertained in a fun way. What are the different genres? There are, you know, the standard drama, horror, comedy. Um, some of the ones that are kind of 48 specific, we, we have buddy films, uh, fish out of water, we have a strong female lead. Um, mm. so we've got a bunch of different genres that, um, mm-hmm. and, and you, there's also musical. musical right? I was going to yeah. say that's the, that's <laughs> the one nobody wants. <laughs> Unless they're a singer or something, they're just waiting. They're like one of these 48 hour films is going to be my time to shine. It's so funny because I remember over last summer, the team that, drew musical they they cheered and celebrated so i i assumed i was like oh okay they wanted that how you know how Mm. about that they got what they wanted and then when they turned in their film i said oh okay (laughs) maybe they did (laughs) they just had a lot of fun with it they knew it was going to be fun they were not singers (laughs) but they had so much fun with it and it was a really fun piece that they did that's great yeah maybe they took it as like okay well we got the hardest one let's see what we can do yeah So, yeah, when someone wins, for example, best film, you were mentioning at the start of our conversation that the winners go on to a Filmapalooza festival. Um, Can you tell us more about that? Filmapalooza is amazing. Um, And that's right. The the best film from every participating city, so the hundred some odd films that are winners, they compete against each other at Filmapalooza. That happens every March this year. It's March 15th through 18th, and it's in Los Angeles. And so that is the big festival experience. So there are screenings, there are workshops, um, there are parties. And so that's what we consider the grand finale. And from that event, there are about 13 films, I think, that are selected to also move on from there to screen at Cannes in France. And that's that's every May. Um, We in Richmond have had filmmakers screen at Cannes. So that's that's an amazing experience for us. And, you know, that 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 kind of sets the bar. You know, here in Richmond, we expect you to do well. You yeah. know, we expect <laughs> you to, to be competitive and, you know, and and hopefully go to Cannes. So yeah, have you it's like one year we're gonna have a hundred percent on time and we're gonna have someone win say it, at the short film oh, corner at Cannes. I say <laughs> it every year. I'm so competitive for them. I'm I'm their biggest cheerleader. And I tell you, we have such great talent here and it's it's really wonderful to see um you know how far they can go and you know when when you believe in what they're doing and and just rooting them on so 
I'm hopeful. Well, and there's there's talent everywhere. So that's what's so great about this, that it's spread around. If someone isn't able to or hasn't, you know, relocated to one of the hubs or whatever, you know, as everything's getting a little more remote and stuff, too, people are able to kind of be where they are and produce great stuff. And with all the technology, letting people do things like even with a, an iPhone or something. Um, so I think it's just really great that, yes, you can do something on a weekend with some buddies and end up at can even. I love what 48 Hour Film Project has become, and I definitely recommend that people check it out. Um, so I, the other question I had is there's there's the film of Palooza for uh, your stuff, and then uh, even the the relationship that you have with can. If someone really loved their finished piece and they wanted to show it in other festivals, is there a way that they could do that, or like uh, is that allowed? What's what are sort of the reg the rules about participating in this and then taking that project further? That is absolutely allowed. The filmmakers do own the rights. Um, what we at the 48 do, we, we, you know, we're, like I said, we're the cheerleaders. We want to promote them as much as possible. So once we get through with our screenings and Filmapalooza and can, if it should go there, um, the filmmakers are absolutely allowed to show it at other festivals. That's great. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen with them. And maybe all you needed was that line of dialogue and prop or whatever to push the great idea that created your cinematic masterpiece. We actually have had uh, one of our judges for the horror project, which we do two projects here in Richmond. We do the standard summer one. And then because it's so popular mm -hmm. and because Richmond can't get enough of the 48, we, we added on the horror project and we do that every October. Uh, to coordinate with Halloween, but one of the judges for that project was the founder of Crypticon Seattle, mm. and he selected five of his favorites from our horror project to get complimentary screenings at his event at Crypticon. So, so those five will will screen in Seattle as well. That's so cool. Yeah. So speaking mm -hmm. of the judges, like, where do you find your judges? It sounds like you've had some really impressive judges in different cities over the years well we we have um you know uh, tim reed is one of our favorites tim reed uh, from wkrp in cincinnati and uh, sister sister and so forth he lives right here in virginia so uh he's been one of our judges uh jesse vaughn has been one of our judges who was a I don't know how many Emmys he has. I want to say 36. It's ridiculous the number of Emmys he has, but he's been one of our judges. Our judges can be from anywhere because the film community in Richmond is is pretty tight knit. Everybody knows everybody. I try to get, you know, judges that people don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so, as I said, the judge from Seattle, he was he was brought in uh, to, to judge for us last year and. And I've got, you know, just other people that I have met from from judging other festivals. And uh, so, we, you know, we do each other favors. I'll judge your festival. You judge <laughs> mine. So it works. Um, How many how many judges are there? It depends. Every city does different, you know, and I'm anybody who's coordinated judging knows that you better get more than you actually need because people do they don't fulfill their obligation their mm -hmm. commitment um so we we like to have three 
whatever the number is, we like it to be odd, you know, in case there's a tiebreaker needed. I do not play a role in that whatsoever. Um, they do their thing. They pick their selections and they tell me who they pick. And when you're you're the, the main cheerleader off to the side, you help coordinate, make it all happen. And then it sounds like you, you cheer on Richmond at the end. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. I, they're they're so talented and they work so hard and it's just infectious, their enthusiasm and their their skill. And, and you know, you how can you not promote them? They're amazing. Yeah. So if someone wants to participate, what are they going to need to know? Obviously, we've established that it, they probably need a few people at least to help them. But there's there's a, a registration fee, right? There is a registration fee um, that is uh, for Richmond. You know, you, you mentioned that we our filmmaking weekend is July 14th weekend. Um, and the registrations for whatever your filmmaking weekend is, is always about 10 weeks prior. So our registration opens May 9th. Uh, so after May 9th, you're free to register your team. Um, and that early bird registration fee is $158. And if you wait closer to the event, the fee goes up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're encouraged to, to register early so you can uh, get the best price. I see teams register the day of the competition. Mm. Please don't do that (laughs) because, you know, when you set your intention to compete and you do it early, then you tend to do better and and you you have more time to try to coordinate uh, things in advance. And there's only a few things that you can do in advance, and that's to get your team together, get your equipment and get your locations. So and and that takes time Mm -hmm. uh, because you have to get permission for those locations. So the, the earlier you are able to do all of that, then the more you can relax as you get toward filmmaking weekend. And, you know, you just have it all your all those hurdles Mm -hmm. you have jumped over before the filmmaking weekend starts. Yeah, well, that's excellent advice. So yeah, gather your team. And then if your team has a a certain amount of people, that is a really reasonable registration price. And if you're dividing it among your teammates, it's a really uh, accessible project that you guys put on. So that's great. Um, If someone wanted to be like a producer or a judge or anything, is all that information online as well? Um, a judge, they would just need to contact me. Um, and producer, it depends what you mean by producer. Um, we call the team leaders. We, th- that essentially is the producer for the team. Um, but anybody, if you want to be a producer for a new city, then, then yes, you would just reach out to the headquarters in Washington, DC. If someone wants to participate and doesn't have a team, is there anything set up as like a people without teams can kind of like collect and meet each other. One of the tools that we'll be using this year in Richmond is the Richmond Film Network. And the Richmond Film Network is, in a nutshell, it's a community where creatives who want to be connected to other creatives to help them with their goals and their project, that they can utilize that to meet other people, to meet those goals and projects. And the Richmond Film Network was born out of the 48 because we have these singles who are looking for other people to be on their team. And and from that need, we formed this network. Um, so the network is actually, it's a it's an app. You can log in and create a profile and you can find whatever you need. If you're looking for an actor, look up all the actors. If you're looking for, the, for a screenwriter, look at your screenwriters and you can connect with them through the app, richmondfilmwork.org. And, um, and you can connect that way. And we... 
just launched that in September-ish. Um, so it's it's still new. Uh, we're still still growing. But like I said, we're going to use that this year. And so I'm sure it'll get even bigger once we start the 48 in July. Um, and to take that experience of the online community a step farther, we you know, we realized, OK, we need some kind of in-person event outside of the 48 to keep these people connected. So what grew out of the Richmond Film Network was the short film series, which I'm producing. It's a monthly series where we're screening independent films, mostly from Richmond, wow. but we've had some from beyond as well. The very first one we did was in November and it was an international debut. We had filmmakers from uh, Los Angeles and Iran that also s screened. It's still new, it's still young, but it's growing and it's a, becoming a great way for creatives in film to get together, to meet each other, to see each other's work, to support each other, and to, number one thing, to expand their network. Yeah, well, that's awesome, because, I mean, you need networking in this world, and it's another amazing resource and another great thing to come from the 48-Hour Film Project. I, I would imagine that other cities uh, have their other versions of things that have sprung from it as well. Um, so it's it's a really great resource. It's amazing that you do that, and it's a testament to you being a great city producer that you're, like, such a advocate for helping creatives find each other and produce great stuff. So that's awesome. We've kind of covered why someone should participate, but do you have like a little pitch for why someone should do the 48 hour film project? Well, you know, I think the number one thing that you get out of it is experience. If you want to make movies, then make a movie. We always get caught up in why we can't make it. Well, I don't have a writer. I don't have a script. I don't have this. I don't have that. You know, and the 48 just it forces you to get it done. Mm -hmm. And you in, no in just a yeah. week, no excuses in just a weekend, you can get it done and you can say, I made a movie, you know, you've made a movie and it, like I said, it's infectious and you'll want to do it again and mm -hmm. again and again. Um, you can expand your network, you know, by participating in the 48. Um, you can make great can friends. It sounds like great, too. make amazing friends. You get material for your reel. You get confidence for the next thing that you do inspiration, motivation, mm -hmm. a sense of accomplishment, awards and prizes. So uh, there are many reasons. There's literally no downside. <laughs> no downside, except for you, you won't get sleep. Right. <laughs> right, right. You won't get much sleep that weekend. But if you want to be in this it's world, it. it's okay to love, you know, you've got to <laughs> have a day or two without sleep here and there. That's, That's part right. of living life. All right. Well, that sounds great. I'm sure everybody here, if they don't already know about it, haven't already participated, is, is wanting to check it out now. So go do that. You can check Check out more at 48hourfilm.com. That's 48hourfilm.com. We'll put that in the show notes as well. But thank you so, so much. I mean, this is, I can personally vouch for being a great experience. And I do want to follow up with you sometime in a few years and make sure you've made one yourself. <laughs> I want you to make you one. Got it. You're, you're absolutely right, Candace. I need to. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for talking with us about it. And um, it's great to learn even more about it. Thank you for listening to Media and Monuments, a service of Women in Film and Video in Washington, D.C. Please remember to review, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. For more information about WIF, please visit our website at wif as in Frank, v as in victor.org.